the hard shoulder on Newstalk with Nissan's big electric switch. Scrappage is now available on your old car when you switch to a 100% electric Nissan Leaf. Well, as always, on a Tuesday, we like to go down to earth, and it's a great pleasure to welcome back Dr. Carol Gustenberg. Today, we want to talk about the topical issue of Irish beef farmers, because Irish beef farmers are continuing to block retail distribution depots. Last week, it was Aldi and Lidl, uh, yesterday, Tesco, and today, Musgraves, as well, of course, blocking up and paralysing the city centre. Well, don't you know that I'm a bit suspicious of vegans and environmentalists and eco-warriors? They're not really on the side of the small lean farmer that I'd be up for. Uh, Carrie, you're most welcome, as always. What's <laughs> your take? What's your take on the beef crisis? Well, Ivan, I've, I've been watching this with interest because, of course, their first protests in Dublin were very like what we saw with the Extinction Rebellion, same location, same kind of blockading tactics. Uh, and actually, it's been, it's been reported that this is all about the price of beef and farmers trying to get more of a price. But the way I see this, it's very much uh, an environmental problem related to intensification of the dairy sector, and the solutions are also very much environmentally related, and I don't think that that's getting its fair share of coverage in the media. So are you saying you're unsympathetic to the protests, but uh, you would be you'd be no. in the in the riot squad in favor of Extinction Rebellion? It's I'm, one I'm rule actually, for no, one. No, I'm actually saying I'm hugely sympathetic with the beef farmers. Oh. And 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 I think what's happening here is it's it's OK. Yes, the price is obviously the problem. Beef farmers aren't getting enough for their for their product. Most farmers aren't getting enough for their product. And the middleman is is taking too much. But. Actually, what, what's really not getting coverage is the fact that a lot of this is being driven by the fact that we've been intensifying the dairy sector, that we now have 1.5 million calves born every spring, half of which are males, so they're worthless to the dairy sector. So that's 750,000 bull calves flooding the market in spring and naturally driving the, the price of beef down and causing what's essentially become a, a waste problem in the dairy sector where these bull calves are being sold for pennies, they're being exported live, uh, a lot of animal welfare uh, issues coming up that, that people like Ellen McSweeney have been covering in Ear to the Ground recently. Uh, so that is really an environmental waste problem because we haven't had the big picture thinking on, on agriculture that we need here. Well, well, what are you proposing then? Well, um, I, I think there's a few things, but the overall problem, and this, Careful is, where, now. <laughs> this Careful is where now. this is where I'm very interested in your opinion, Ivan, mm. is to me, what's been missing in Irish agriculture is a big picture vision of where we're going in the next 20 or 30 years. So we have very much focused on product expansion. So our Foodwise 2025 uh, argues for a 65% increase in product over 10 years, uh, and, and we've lost sight of things like in the environmental issues. So just today, the EPA reported that our water quality is declining quite uh, precipitously and, and blaming about half of that to, to nutrient pollution from agriculture. Uh, so, so we've got a water problem. We've got a climate problem. We've got a biodiversity problem. We have a, a rural jobs and livelihoods problem, none of which has been factored into our vision of agriculture, which has been completely based on product and profit. Okay. Well, uh, in defense of product and profit, can I say <laughs> that uh, since, since we joined the EU, then the EC, in 1973, we have taken the view that we are unique in Europe 
insofar as that our type of farming is grass-based. And that in the same way as certain countries, like in Saudi Arabia, mm -hmm. they've oil, other people have mining ores or some people have coal or whatever, whether you like the product or not. Our natural advantage is our climate, our moderate climate, our wet climate, and it's very good for grass growing. So the idea is that this is a natural resource. So unlike the tech giants of Facebook and Google and so on, this is something we should be good at. Yeah. Secondly, dairy farmers' incomes are, on average, 90 grand a year. Beef farmers' incomes are, on average, 10 grand a year. So if I was advising any young farmer who was interested in going into farming, I would say, and I've been saying it for 10 years, get into dairy farming. Yeah. You'll work harder, but you'll make a good living. So here are you <laughs> urinating on, A, the most profitable type of farming, B, accusing it of being the cause of the downfall of the beef industry, but actually, when people like the Green Party saying what they need to cut, they actually say, take out the million suckler cows, and they actually are hitting the low-hanging fruit and the most defenceless people. Yeah, and I, I would disagree with anyone who's saying that, because actually, if you look at it, we've got 16,000 dairy farmers and about 50,000 beef farmers. And a lot of the beef farmers, like you said, they're part-time. Mm -hmm. uh, they're in the west of Ireland where... And they're where, living off subsidies. Yeah, where dairy perhaps isn't really viable in, in their particular area. Yeah. And actually, yes, you're right. They're about a quarter of their income is, is coming from selling product, but three quarters is coming from, from subsidies compared to about four. 40% of, of dairy so my, in, in a nutshell, it's like saying to Kilkenny people, you know what, you should play football. It's like saying to Kerry people, you should take up hurling. The reality is the country should do what it's best at, right. and what it's best at is producing butter and cheese and dairy products. Yeah, but, but those people in the west of Ireland who maybe can't, uh, pr produce dairy to the same extent. Well, maybe extent they should grow forestry. Or, okay. Okay, so, so let's play this out. So we've got our 50,000 beef farmers, who a lot of whom can't switch over to dairy because the land won't produce it. And you're mm -hmm. saying they should all go to forestry. Well, they, some of them could go into sheep, sheep production. Yeah, or how about saying that actually if three fourths of their income is coming from subsidies, coming from things like the cap, perhaps that we look at agriculture as not just about producing products, but we look at the, the services it can provide with respect to high nature value farming. So hedgerows sequester carbon, they improve biodiversity. Yeah, yeah. Insects, yeah. But, and, but and I mean, actually, if we're subsidizing birds. them anyway, why not subsidize them to do more for the environment? Oh, sorry. No, no, but no, sorry. Your, your central, I actually don't have too much of a problem with that. Your central point other than declaring the Western Indian Reservation, your central point is that we need to cut back on our dairy production. We should stop this unfettered, targeted growth. That's your first point. And I'm uh, actually well, saying, no way, because that is actually going to ensure more income into rural Ireland, more jobs into processing. Is it in jobs, Ireland. really, though? Because really what we're doing is making a few, is a, people, a few people richer. What we found is organic farms, uh, you know, horticulture, and thing, all employ a lot more people. So so is this really the thing that's going to... Kerry gold butter. The, the, uh, cheddar cheese. Yeah, uh, no, yeah. these, these are all and I'm not Irish saying, products. Sure, and I'm not saying we don't produce dairy, but I think we haven't thought through the fact that we that we have a waste product coming out of the dairy industry, which well, is it negatively is true. It affecting. Is true. Uh, if a cow produces 1,100 gallons or whatever it is a year, she can't do it unless she goes in calf. Yeah. Her whole lactation yeah. cycle is dependent on her going in calf. Now, the solution is actually 
when they're able to do genetic selection, that all of the we'll calves will be female. Yeah. And therefore and they'll, breed, the, they'll, they'll breed yeah. dairy but, replacements. But and, that's, probably, and then we're going to grow even bigger dairy. <laughs> now we're probably a long, a long way from, from that Not moment. too far away. Not too Jeez. far away. I was at the Ploughing Championships and I said, where are you on genetic selection? And they said they're 90% of the way there. Okay. So are you against eating meat? Well, no, and I eat meat and I actually like, eat Are you dairy. a closet vegan? No, I got no. I eat meat and dairy, but I, I'm really trying to move toward a more plant-based diet. And actually, in January, I'm taking a vegan cooking course oh, to try right, and right. try and up that. But actually, I, what I would say right now is, if you're going to do one thing to address what is a beef crisis and what is affecting 50,000 farmers in Ireland, uh, it's not necessarily dietary changes. It's actually resourcing uh, somebody like an NGO like Birdwatch Ireland to really try and reform our cap so that we start investing and we start rewarding farmers See, for high nature farming. Birds and farming. bees don't make any money for anybody so but sorry let's let's see where there's common ground between us <laughs> on agriculture and that is because i know there's people in chagas believe it or not speak very highly of you oh, well, and they say that they, they actually they actually worked with you in yeah. yesteryear is there a, a, a stuff with nitrates and other farm practices yeah. in terms of intensification and in terms of sprays and so on where we could have yeah, common and, ground. And this is what frustrates me, is actually if you look at farmers in Ireland who have who have t- taken part in environmental schemes, they tend to use less inputs, so less nitrogen fertilizer, which is imported. So we're importing about 350,000 tonnes of nitrogen fertilizer, and that's going up and up as we try and improve our grass yields to be able to feed all these cows. So we're dependent on imports for that. We're also dependent on imports of, of grain and maize, soybean, to feed animals. So they're not fully grass-fed, and we need to get over this idea that, that we're some how fully sustainable because what we're doing is importing 4 million tons of food from places like Brazil where they're burning down rainforests to produce more soybean. So if we actually said we're going to be a fully sustainable system, we would not import that grain and we would not import the extent of nitrogen fertilizer that we're doing now and that would naturally well, the, the drive The only thing I'd say is relative to what the beef production units on the continent do our proportion of those feeds have so much less. Yeah, but the plan is to just go up and up and up to drive more of these yields, to drive more products. So how about, in the meantime, we have tillage where our arable land is, uh, tillage land is declining because we're not resourcing the mm. tillage sector at you're, all. You're in favour of tillage. Yeah, though. I am. How about we say, okay, let's Even continuous label. tillage. Are you in favour of continuous? Yeah, I mean, no-till is, is better where you're not actually churning up the soil, but yeah. they're, of course they're using a lot of glyphosate and, and pesticides to be able to That's do right. that. So there's a trade-off. But but if we're talking about, about actually being proud of a product in Ireland, I would say that we need to uh, charge a premium for farmers who are low inputs. So they're, they're minimal nitrogen fertilizer or lower nitrogen fertilizer use, and they're buying, they're buying Irish-grown grains to feed their livestock. And right now what we're doing is we're lumping in the very intensive beef farmers, the ones who are feeding in, in grain systems, with, with the extensive ones. What's the Pippa Hackett story? So Pippa, Pippa Hackett is the current, uh, the newly appointed senator um, um, from the Green Party, so she just took Grace O'Sullivan's seat, and she's also their spokesperson for agriculture. And and she was a her and her husband were beef farmers who were very intensive, uh, really not making any money, spending a lot of money on antibiotics and fertilizer inputs and grains, uh, stressed out of their minds, and they made the decision to move to an organic system. And and she often talks about what are they about producing? Organic beef. All so right. so they talk about how now they're they're because they're buying less imports, their profits have gone up, they have less cows, so their stress levels have 
have, have reduced uh, less illness among cows because they're more ex- extensive. And actually, the number of beef farmers who have been applying to enroll in the organic scheme in Ireland is way higher than what, what Ireland has been accepting. So only about a third of, of beef farmers last, last year when it was offered were accepted into the program. So we have a lot of beef farmers in particular that want to go organic but aren't being uh, allowed to do so because of the current system. So this is where cap reform becomes critical. And, and I would say the biggest thing you could do right now is is send some money to Birdwatch Ireland to help them create truly green cap reform because nobody in Ireland is working on this long-term vision. I mean, I don't know of any agricultural minister, maybe you were one of them, who said, let's make a long-term vision for 20, 30 years down the road on what Irish agriculture as a whole should look like, not just dairy, but also tillage, beef, horticulture, organic, all of them combined. Well, there was a very clear vision. Just make as much money and create as much jobs and keep as many family farms going. That was exactly the policy. And what happens to our water quality and our climate targets and our biodiversity? Well, therefore, deal with the nitrates and deal with the sprays and deal with all those things. But uh, to, to, to say that we should put a ceiling on all this is problematic. I think we should see agriculture as a multifunctional thing. It's not just about profit, but it's also about all of these other systems too. All right, that is Dr. Cara Augustenberg's take on the beef crisis. Do text us, 53106, all you vegans out there. Get busy and tell me your thing. As always, a pleasure to talk to you, Cara. See you again next week. Thanks, Ivan. Let's get a quick check on the latest news and sport headlines. Eamon rejoins us.